Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's AKA Radio Red. <laughs> welcome, 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 AKA Radio Red in the house. I have two wonderful guests with me today. If you have never heard this show, we talk about creativity. Are you born with it? Is it in your DNA? Is it nature versus nature? Is it a question of whether you have cornflakes for three weeks for breakfast, then you switch to shredded wheat the fourth week? I don't think that's creativity, but it might be good for your diet. So we're going to talk about the inspiration, the muses, what makes these people tick. As you heard in the intro, I pick people from very different genres. I never put two guests together, by the way, on the same show who do exactly the same thing because we want to get a range and a variety. So let me tell you briefly about my two very special guests. I'm, you could, can you tell I'm excited to have them here? I don't know if you can tell. I try, I try to you know, hide it down, mute it. Uh, anyway, let's tell you who they are and then they'll give a complete bio. But we've got Andy Costello goes by Psycho Andy. We have to ask him about that because that's not usually a word in my normal parlance. We don't want to say that in public, but he does. He was raised by hippie parents. We've got to find out about that, too. He's a graphic artist and an illustrator. He used to run a comic book store, and he grew up watching 80s and 90s action cartoons. Anybody remember these? Transformers, G.I. Joe, of course, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and too many episodes of WWE Monday Night Raw, and he hosts the other strangeness show on the voice america variety channel welcome andy how are you i'm doing well how are you red i'm very fine and i have to tell anybody who's watching us on facebook i'm going to bend dip over here because the background of my banner here which i'll show you in a second the complete thing is a combination of my artwork of a caricature an advertising agency made for me years ago and andy's embellishment putting it all together so i'm going to just lean over here See, see, with my chair in the way, of course. See, see, see. <laughs> Andy added the, the words and he added all the red lips. We worked together and Andy is very talented. Andy, I have to thank you again. You've done banners for several of my shows. Is art what you love, Andy? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, kind of become my entire life in a uh, wonderful, wonderful way. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about hippie parents and Ninja Turtles and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So thank you. And I have to tell everybody, Andy was, this is a favor of a favor. Ryan Treasure found out about two hours ago I needed a replacement guest. My original guest was not feeling well, not camera ready or microphone ready. And I put in a call to Ryan Treasure at Voice America. And I said, can you get me somebody? He said, I'm going to ask Andy Costello. And Andy was so gracious and said, yes. So, Andy, I'm doubly happy to have you here. We have never seen each other. and we've spoken, That's true. Right? And we've only yeah. spoken on the phone about my banners. Let me also introduce yeah. my second guest. She was on, am I allowed to say what your other name was? Yes, you are. Okay. <laughs> she used to be Tracy McCormick, and we'll find out why she's now Grace McCormick, G-R-A-Y-C-E, beautiful spelling for beautiful name. And Grace, as Tracy was on my show, Read My Lips on a different channel, a different network in January of 2019, and she's back. She's a veteran. Listen, creativity, she just eats, sleeps, and breathes. She's a veteran of radio, the music industry. She says she's equal parts entrepreneur and intuitive. we got to talk about that. She founded the Creative Edge Film Festival and Light Finder PR, which is a boutique firm specializing in arts, entertainment, nonprofits, and veterans affairs. The lady has a really good heart. She's producing a Midwest-based multi-million dollar feature film 
big numbers, in partnership with Sony. I think we can name drop there. And she's the former director of media and PR for the Maharishi Foundation. And that's what we talked about last time you were on. Grace, how are you? Oh, it's wonderful to be here, Bonnie. Thank you, Radio Red. Um, there you go. To be back, yes, Red. It's it's really great to see you and all the red lips surrounding your red hair, <laughs> and uh, and and meet your and meet Psycho Andy, um, well, and see his beautiful artwork. Grace, um, I have to ask you a question. Can we ask you about how come from Tracy to Grace? Is there a story yes, there? Yes, there is a story. There's always a story because our life, everything we do, is about story, and everything we see on in film and television and in life is story. The reason we're here talking is story. Um, so yes, I have a client who is in the UK, one of my clients, my, my public relations clients for Lightfinder, And she, she owns and runs an online university that teaches the seven principles of mm-hmm. alchemy. Mm-hmm. And in that she also does, you know, she kind of um, mentors companies and individuals and brands um, with their, their names. So light finder public relations is better than light finder PR on a frequency level. And she and I had a, had a call. It was a PR call back in June. She said, I have to ask you this. Have you ever thought about changing your name? And I'm like, yeah, that's really strange. You asked me, I was thinking about it yesterday because my youngest daughter was turning 21 and her name is Maggie, but I wanted to name her Grace. And she said, well, have you ever thought about changing your name? And I said, yeah, like again, last night, I, I think that if I changed it, it would be to Grace. So she uses this software that was developed by linguists and neurophysicists. um, And she plugs in the information. It's based on frequency. Everything is sound frequency from before we're even on the planet. We're in utero. There's sound frequency. So she plugs in my legal name with my middle name, with my last name, with my business name. She said, go by Lightfinder Public Relations, not Lightfinder PR. And then she put in Grace also. She said, my name, Tracy Marie McCormick, was better than just saying Tracy McCormick. She then put in Grace, spelling the traditional way, G-R-A-C-E, and then spelling it the way that I am with the Y. And it was like winning the sound frequency lottery. (laughs) So she said to me, you know, she changed her name. She's worked with people in big, huge names that have changed their name and their business names. She said, if you like it, Grace McCormick, it sounds powerful. It sounds better than Tracy McCormick. Try it on for size, see how it feels. If you want, change it on your social. So within the next you know, several weeks I did, but it was funny because I went outside to walk my dog after this call and my mother called, who named me? My parents, right? And my mom said to me, she said, how are you? I'm like, fine, this is perfect you called me because mom, I said, I just had this meeting and I'm gonna change my name. And I told her what I was doing. She goes, young lady, that's going to ruin everything, (laughs) was her response. And I'm like, mom, but like, this is my choice in my life and my name. And if I want to go by something different, then all of a sudden hit me like a ton of bricks. My entire life, I was super athletic, but really clumsy, really klutzy. And every time I would do something lame, like fall down the stairs or trip over my own two feet or almost take off the corner of a wall, I'd laugh and be self-deprecating and say, ha, 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 you can call me Grace. So basically conjured my name change my entire life. Wow, wow, wow. I have a story to tell you about a Grace Avenue on Long Island, but I, I thank you, Grace. That was, yes. I've never asked you, Andy, I've never asked her before. 
why and how she changed. That's a beautiful story. And speaking of beautiful stories, Andy, you're up. I'd like to put you on speaker view. Let's find out a little bit about why you say you were raised by hippie parents and what was going on with those cartoons in the 80s and 90s. And tell us a little bit about how you got into art or were you just born with a brush or a pencil or a pen in your hand? Andy, talk to me. Yeah, all of the above. Um, So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah, my parents, I, I don't know that they would describe themselves as hippies, but, uh, well, my dad, uh, uh, did used to describe himself as a freak, which is what actual hippies would call themselves. And, uh, if you talk to my mom for more than about 10 minutes, uh, and, and she's going to hear this, so I have to be careful what I say, but, uh, <laughs> I don't think my mom would ever describe herself as normal. Um, she, she is a, uh, Celtic Druid. Um, my, my dad was a Taoist. So, uh, I, I have, uh, and they're both, uh, my dad's from an Irish Catholic family. My mom's from a universal Unitarian family. So I have a little bit of wow. all kinds of stuff. Um, uh, the eighties and nineties cartoons, it was just, that's, you know, I was, I grew, I was born in the early eighties. I, I grew up, you know, during that time period and that's what was on TV. That's what attracted me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that very quickly became a love for comic books and somewhere, somewhere in there, um, probably early on in elementary school, I just kind of fell in love with drawing and, you know, it was my friends and I would make little, you know, kind of comic strips or single panel strips with stick figures. And uh, eventually they would turn into multi-panel comic strips. And then I was, you know, I, I was like, well, what if I draw the characters from TV? What if I draw the characters from the comic books? Uh, can I make my own little X-Men comics? Can I make my own little Ninja Turtle comics? You know, and, and what, what sort of stuff can I do with that? And um, it hasn't stopped <laughs> and I'm in my late 30s now. So it's, you know, it's been literally a lifelong affair. How how absolutely lovely. Thank you for sharing that. Very, very interesting. Andy, I have to tell you, I bought an art set when I moved to Durham three years ago. I went okay. to Michael's and they had this, it was like a portfolio case, Grace, the kind you'd put your PR in and you'd walk to mm-hmm. an office. Oh, hello, I have a portfolio, you know, one of those, not a briefcase, a portfolio. Right. And it had drawing pads and it had oh, a couple of things of uh, wells of watercolors and it had charcoal or paints and it had different it had tubes of acrylic it had tubes of liquid watercolors and it had crayons and everything and they had a little book on how do you paint different types of media and I put it away in the closet for almost a year and said oh one day you know some someday and then about a year later I said to myself didn't I buy an art set at Michael's and I took it out <laughs> I put it on the kitchen we have great big kitchens here great big center islands you could have a party with 10 people around this island and I said well let me just put it there and I put it there and I left it there for a couple weeks what am I going to do with that and I said I don't know and about two weeks later I opened it up and looked and said, oh there's an art book in here let me read it and then I said oh they've got all kinds of paints and stuff in here well I have to tell you that was about a year ago I have over 100 paintings in my house and I've run out of wall space. I went from collages using rulers and protractors and all that and adding little, I I like the inside of chocolate chip cookies, which I try not to eat. Those, some of the bags are aligned with with a silver foil that doesn't crinkle like regular household foil. And if you cut it out, you can make little shapes and glue them onto a canvas and paint around them. And product packaging, I, I clipped everything. Nothing went in the garbage. And then I went to freeform watercolors. And recently, I've adopted the skill, the technique of acrylic paint pouring. Mm. Hmm. You don't use a brush. You use mm-hmm. a string. You use balloons filled with mm-hmm. water. You use a, a little like a knife. You can use toothpicks. You can use all kinds of things. And you use a cup that's cut out and you let the cup slide with paint and it slide in patterns all over. 
and I em- embellish almost everything with sparkles. I like sparkle glue, silver and gold. I'll show you some of my stuff. So, Andy, I have become a very late blooming artist after I learned to drum. I, Grace, I took up drumming two years ago, and I have my own band now. So. Not, oh. not during COVID, but when it gets warm, we'll play in the driveway again. Red's Hot Mango. But enough about me. Ladies, gentlemen, we have to do the housekeeping. I was so excited to see you. I, I didn't do what, what I normally do at the beginning of the show. Today is February 22nd, 2021. Thank God 2020's passed and we're hoping for a better one. This is yeah. the 53rd day of the Gregorian calendar. And I want you both to say thank you to either Greg, Greggy, or Gregory for giving us the calendar. Go ahead. Say, just yell out. Thank you. Go ahead. Thanks, Gregory. Thank you, Gregory. That's it. And I call him Greggy. I think his mom probably called him that. Sure. I have breaking news. There are 312 days left in 2021. And I start doing that early in the year because if you want to celebrate the end of 2021, the beginning of 2022, you're going to need to have something in your glass. So you can either start brewing something in the bathtub or in the garage sink, or you can go to a liquor store and reserve something fabulous, a case, a bottle, something, a mug, uh, get your glassware ready. So I want people to have a heads up that it's time to start thinking about New Year's Eve 2022-23. Just out of fairness, <laughs> this is the eighth Monday of 2021, and I have another homework assignment for both of you. We have LLL. Grace, I don't know if you remember her. It's lovely, lanky Laura Legs, my most loyal listener. She's in Whitestone, New York, and I do this every week. We're doing a fictitious GoFundMe to let her move to London. So she would be lovely, lanky Laura Legs, the most loyal listener in London. So if you just say hello to LLL, both of you, I'd really appreciate it. You ready? One, two, three. Hello Hello to LLL. Isn't that beautiful? And she emails me after every show and tells me her take on what my guest said and how much she enjoyed the guest. So I just want you to know, you're not going to get a grade, but we're going to get feedback from LLL. Well, should we do the national holidays before we get started more into what you two do? Are you ready for some some crazy national holidays? You think, Andy and Grace? I love weird holidays, yeah. All right, all right. Well, today, I don't know if you have a glass, Andy, but it's National Margarita Day. Are we a fan of that, Andy? Oh, I uh, I quit drinking in 2006, actually. So, uh, Did we have a virgin yes. margarita. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, sure, sure. We'll put. I was already on. drinking before the show started. I'm just salt <laughs> on the rim. Grace, are you a margarita fan? I do. I like tequila. I like. Can I say brand names? You sure can. I'm a big fan of Casamigos. Okay, uh, which was George Clooney's brand that he sold for like a billion dollars. Only a billion dollars. He doesn't even have to act anymore. He just has to keep it. But, <laughs> but he probably anyway. will. He'll go out and do a plane yeah. or a space or do something. Thank you. It's also, when you're done drinking, it's walking the dog day. Andy, do you have any pets? Um, so I don't, but my roommates have a have a dog, a Beagle Terrier mix named Aristotle. And uh, he and I have become very good friends over the last couple of years. And I did walk him twice today, actually. Andy is celebrating National Walking the Dog Day, and he didn't even know it. Andy, you're my hero. See, aren't you glad you're checking in with me on holidays? Mm -hmm, Grace, mm -hmm. do you have a dog or any other pets you walk? I have a little puppy who's, I was trying to grab her, but she ran the other way. She's, her name is Maya, which is the fourth brightest star of the Pleiades. The Seven Sisters of the Pleiades is how I named her. And she is, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to do a little turn, turn. Yes, turn, turn. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so she's three years old. <laughs> adorable. Thank you. Hello to Maya. Well, yes. in case you didn't celebrate, what did you walk her today? Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, well, that okay. But I have news for you tomorrow. It's another related holiday. It's internet international dog biscuit appreciation day. Oh, Ooh. oh. I, I knew that would get both of you. And yeah, I, I just can't help myself. This is just so much fun. And National <laughs> Dog Biscuit Day. So it's just dog. Don't eat them. Just 
enjoy them. Tell tell a dog you know to enjoy them. Wednesday, we get back to people food. It's National Tortilla Chip Day. Andy, you a mm. fan of tortilla chips? I am a fan of tortilla chips. Yeah, I'll have, uh, while you guys are having the margaritas, I'll have the chips and guac at the table. <laughs> Grace, what about tortilla chips for you? Oh, I love tortilla chips. Nana is, is a big favorite brand. I know they make them in the Southwest. I've seen them in the Pacific Northwest and yeah, a little uh, hot salsa. There you go. Well, mm-hmm. we have something else hot coming up on Thursday, the 25th of February. It's National Chili Day and mm. it's National Clam Chowder Day. Is that enough to upset a stomach? I don't know, <laughs> especially if you crumble some dog biscuits on top. I don't know. Are you a fan of chili or clam chowder, Grace? I get clam chowder doesn't bode well with my tummy, but I make a really good chili. I do like ah, chili. Andy, what about you? Oh, I'll eat anything that uh, used to move. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm a big fan of New England clam, clam chowder. I, I live in uh, just outside Phoenix now, but I grew up in the Boston area. So New England clam chowder and I uh, go together quite well. That's the white clam chowder. The mm-hmm. red is Manhattan, right? I remember that. I'm a Long Island girl, but I remember. I never went for the spicy red one, but the, the white, sometimes you put cream mm-hmm. in it with mm-hmm. a little clam. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. That's good. And Thursday is also the start of Purim, my people's holiday. So mm-hmm. very, very interesting and a lot of drinking and a lot of fun. I read somewhere that we're already wearing masks. So how can you wear masks for Purim if you've already been oh, wearing funny. them? That's well, you funny. can wear a character mask instead of your regular mask. Friday is National Pistachio Day. Anybody a fan of those little green things? Yeah, yeah. I'm okay with pistachios. We could do they're not they're not my they're favorite, good. but I don't know that I've uh, I don't know that I've ever said no. Okay, well, we're going to do something interesting on Saturday, the 27th. It's National Polar Bear Day. Oh. I don't know what to do with that. I drink yeah, Coca Cola. Are you supposed to jump in a freezing cold lake somewhere, maybe without anything? Oh yeah, on, true. or yeah, like it's true with your swimsuit on anyway. There you go. Well, we'll see who's who's along for the ride. It's also National Pokemon Day. Got to catch them all. There you go. It's <laughs> National Protein Day, and it's National Strawberry Day. So if you haven't had enough time to celebrate the polar bears and play Pokemon, <laughs> or if you have, you can just go out and have some protein and strawberries. Maybe a strawberry milkshake. That would be good. It's just. That's just four meals in one day. I know, I know. Well, you, if you celebrate all week, you've got margaritas, dog biscuits, tortilla chips, chili, clam chowder, and <laughs> oh, pistachios. <my> oh, I know, <laughs> I'm hurting already. But it gets better. Sunday, February 28th, the last day of February this year, is National Chocolate Souffle Day and oh. National Public Sleeping Day. I don't even want to go there. I don't so after all this. the food, then you just want to take a big nap, right? And have a chocolate souffle. <laughs> yeah. I'll just wait all week for the chocolate souffle. That'll be yeah. fine. While we're at it, let's do a couple of famous birthdays today. I think you'll re- you might know most of these. Julius Irving, Dr. J, retired yeah. American basketball player and sportscaster, born in 1950. A man admits it, a woman not so much. Say happy birthday, Dr. J. Happy birthday, Dr. Happy J. Happy birthday, Dr. J. 1959, an actor named Kyle McLaughlin. I thought he was really cool. He was Special Agent Dale Cooper in Twin Peaks, which I didn't see, but he was Trey McDougal in Sex in the City. He was Orson Hodge on Desperate Housewives. I think he was married to Brie for a while, for uh, six years on Desperate Housewives. He was the captain in How I Met Your Mother. I remember that. The mayor of Portland in Portlandia. And Calvin Zabo in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. 2014-15. And he makes guest appearances from time to time. Uh, This is for you, Andy. In 1964, on this day today, Ed Boon was born. Oh, yes. You know what he created? Uh, he created a little game called Mortal Kombat. Oh, my Ooh. God. 
<laughs> Andy, when I put this together, I picked from a list. By the way, if you ever want to know famous birthdays, deaths, mm-hmm. experiences, put the just the date, the day and the month and the number of the day onto Google, whatever browser you use, and it will come up in Wikipedia. Wikipedia has lists, lists of hundreds of names mm-hmm. and dates mm-hmm. and things. That's where I get. I didn't know you were coming on the show until two hours ago. <laughs> I prepared this four days ago, and I don't know why I put in there was a video game designer's birthday. Can you tell me why, Andy? Uh no, but I do have an interesting bit of trivia about Ed Boon. Yep. Um, he has the record for the longest run of a character voice in a video game in history. Oh, wow. Uh, because in Mortal Kombat, he is the voice of Scorpion, the yellow ninja with the harpoon. And he's the guy that yells, get over here in all the games. <laughs> so he's been saying that one line since 1992. And because they keep making Mortal Kombat games, he keeps saying it. And so this record just keeps going and going. I cannot believe I put him in the list. No idea. I don't watch video games. I've never seen Mortal Kombat, which is spelled with a K, Kombat, by the way. That's right. I had no idea, and I had no idea you and I hadn't even talked about this when I put <laughs> now now I'm getting chills. Okay, let's get to less chilly. Rachel Dratch, a very funny comedian oh, yeah. and actress. Mm-hmm. She debuted, got her break on SNL. She was in the cast from 1999 to 2006. I think she's making guest appearances from time to time. Her autobiography was called Girl Walks into a Bar. Comedy calamities, dating disasters, and a midlife miracle. Grace, that's a book you probably wish you had represented, right? Yes, most definitely. Yeah. I could probably maybe write the sequel. You probably, <laughs> my life's really good there now. You probably could. And she played a museum guard yeah. on the Sesame Street special, The Cookie Thief. I didn't know that. Oh. Today in 1968, Jerry Ryan, American actress and model. I recently saw her when I was watching reruns for the first time. A Bosch. She played a major character who was a very, very murderous woman, uh, very beautiful and murderous. And she weaves men into her web and then she has them killed. And she got away with it on so far all of the Bosches. And she keeps coming back to make an appearance just smiling. She fakes all kinds of hysteria and whatever is after she kills somebody. She pretends she was the victim and Bosch knows better, but he hasn't been able to pin it on her. I didn't say nail her. Okay, I'm polite here. James Blunt <laughs> was born today. English singer song. And you want to know about language? <laughs> okay, Andy. Uh, James Blunt, English singer songwriter and guitarist and record producer. He was a reconnaissance officer in the Lifeguards Regiment of the British Army and served in NATO in Kosovo before he launched his debut album, Back to Bedlam. And his hmm. worldwide single was You're Beautiful and Goodbye, My Lover. He sold a mere 11 million copies of his first album. So much for James Amazing. Blunt. Mm-hmm. And finally, somebody who doesn't need any introduction, happy birthday, Drew Barrymore. Actress, director, producer, screenwriter, and all about all around modern Barrymore, that's all I'll say, comes from a long line. So let's dive in. It's not even half past. We have so much time left. Good, good, good. Let's dive in. Andy, let's get to look, know a little more about your art. And I want to know about your cartoons, what mm-hmm. you draw, what mm-hmm. your inspirations are. And just give us a little background on that. I know my listeners and viewers, we're live on Facebook, would love mm. to know. So go ahead. I'm putting you up on speaker view. You're up, Andy. All right. Uh, yeah, so I'm Andy Costello. I- I am a cartoonist and illustrator and comic artist and graphic designer, uh, some of those professionally. Um, I'm also a toy Frankensteiner, where I'll take pieces of old toys and mash them together and, and repaint them and make new stuff. Um, uh, I've, I've done dabbled in painting. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I like I said earlier, I just I started drawing as a kid and um, 
started drawing the things that I was consuming, the different types of media that I would consume. And eventually, you know, I, I feel like it's a kind of natural thing. Any kid wants to uh, make up their own stories and tell tell their own stories and stuff. And uh, I happen to like the ones that are a little more visual. So I started doing that and um, didn't really know what to do with myself when I got out of high school. Uh, you know, I, I, I had dreams of being a comic book artist and, and working on Spider-Man and X-Men and Batman and all that stuff. And uh, realized that the comic field, there's a lot of people who are very competitive and a lot more competitive mm -hmm. than I am. And mm. so I was looking for something else. And one of my... Uh, uh, a friend of a friend was a college professor at Scottsdale Community College and, and turned me, he was like, well, I need some more students for this graphic design class so that, you know, we have enough students so that the class makes or whatever. And uh, what do you think about doing that? And I was like, you know, graphic design is something that I've never really looked into. So sure, I'll, I'll sign up for that. And uh, now that's what I do for a living. So <laughs> it kind of worked out. Wow, it sure did. And, and tell me something, the art you do every day in your job at Voice American, as I said, you helped to design. I gave you the artwork and you embellished it, but you have designed banners for some of my other shows, which yeah. I do under a different name, so I'm not going to show the banners here. But you have a, a, a great knack for putting things together. Sometimes for a client, I will send you um, a free uh, something downloadable from Splash.com, which mm -hmm. is free artwork, a picture, and ask you to design something around that and put the, the name of the show and who it's by and all that. Uh, do you feel there's a a reach between comic book design and doing, I'll call it serious radio art? Maybe I'm wrong. Help me out. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think any artistic endeavor that you, uh, you, you go into, you can learn and apply to something else. So um, uh, one thing I, I, I didn't mention is I, I dabbled in 3D animation for a little bit. Ooh. I took a, a couple classes in that. Um, not something that I want to do. Uh, it, it's, it's cool. I appreciate it. I love looking at it. I love all the CGI special effects and movies and everything. Um, I love most of the Pixar movies, but like, that's not, that's not what I do. Right. Um, but when I was doing that, I remember one of the kids in my class looking over at the thing that I, the, the dinosaur that I was making. And he was like, man, your dinosaur looks so much better than the rest of ours. And I was like, really? Cause all of you guys have been doing this a lot longer than me. And they're like, yeah, but you do that cartooning thing. So you already know, like the, the, you know what everything is supposed to look like. You already see it in your head and you just got to figure out how to, how to put it together. Um, and so, yeah, I think with the uh, graphic design, I think that one of the things about comic books that a lot of people who aren't comic artists don't consider is there is a lot of composition that goes into a, a panel or a page. Um, it's not just, Hey, I drew a picture of Spider-Man and had some words and had him punching Dr. Octopus or whatever. Right. <laughs> it's, I had to, find the most interesting point of that punch or the most interesting point of the web swing or the most interesting point of him yelling. Right. And, and you have to put that together and you have to put the other character in a way that like, you can still tell what's going on and et cetera, et cetera. And you're not cutting off space for the, the bubbles. So all of that immediately when I went into graphics, I was like, Oh, I know how to do this already. I already, I already, um, understand this comp like the, the basics of composition and layout. It's just, I have to do it in a different way. Now um, I describe graphic design as if someone handed you a bunch of puzzle pieces, but didn't give you the box. So you don't know what the puzzle is supposed to look like. Mm. And so you kind of have like, you see all these pieces. You're like, I kind of think I'm supposed to make something with like flowers in the sky, but <laughs> I don't really know what the final product is going to look like until I put it all together. Mm. Um, and when it's done, you can be like, Oh yeah. That's that's it. Okay, cool. That's what I was trying to make this whole time. 
I, I love the way you described it. And I'm thinking of what Grace said about everything is story and storytelling. And you're mm-hmm. saying you have to find that punctuation on where do you emphasize what a character is doing visually. You're telling the mm-hmm. story through your visual elements, but you're creating the story that you want people to see, right? Right. And maybe they do or don't see it that way, but you're basically saying, this is how I see it. I have to share a, a quick story with both of you. I come from the day when we were buying 45 RPM records and the little <laughs> ones with the disc in the middle and the record player and albums, <laughs> 33s. And I remember when music videos started and I wasn't happy with that. And the answer, the reason is that I wanted to imagine who was singing the song, mm-hmm. who was in the scene, if it was boy meets girl and boy loses girl or there's a car crash or somebody's mother said, you can't <laughs> date my, my kid. I wanted to see those characters. I wanted to imagine them, picture them, paint them in my mind. And all of a sudden I'm looking at a music video. I'm saying, oh, that's not the boy I thought was in that song. <laughs> that, that's, that's not the mother. That car, that wasn't what I thought was it. And, and they were taking away my ability to imagine the story in my own terms and basically forcing Andy and, and I want to get Grace comment. Andy, what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, it's, it's interesting. I, even though I'm a visual artist, I kind of hate video podcasts. <laughs> um, and I know it's ironic that I say that cause I'm on one right now, but, uh, I, I, and he's having a, lo- a good time. Go yeah. Ahead. Yeah. No. Um, if the show is conceived as such, it's fine, but there's a lot of shows where, I, like I really enjoy the content of the show, and because everything is moving to video now, now that you know we, more and more people are getting high speed internet and everything, v- video podcasts are are becoming more of a thing. But it's like it's not it, people sitting around having a conversation is not necessarily the most interesting thing to look at, um, because there's no story to that, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I can totally. I mean, there's the the Buggles whole that the first video on MTV, right? Video killed the radio star. Mm-hmm. It's it's all about that. That's exactly what it's about. It's it's yeah. Let us just listen to a thing. Let us just read a thing. Let us, you know, don't don't force us to see what your interpretation of this thing is. It's why so many people like the book better than the movie. Interesting. Yes, same thing. Right? Grace, because, chime in here. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. no, Grace, and, and you also, you know, this, and also in in my. I'm going to plug my client Scarlett here and her, her online university called Scola Manchi university and everything in our human story is comes from perception and our perception. Each and every one of us is our own unique perception. So we live our lives. We filter things in through that frequency of perception through what we hear, see, and then we create from there and everybody's different. And, you know, even, even in like, for instance, um, we can, it's easy to project what we think is actually happening in a situation or a story, but that's coming from our own perception. So all creation, all art, all story, all everything is coming from that unique perception that each one of us has. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. It, it does. Andy, you can yeah. respond to Grace. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, she's, she's right on. Um, there's uh, in, in the comic world, uh, which I'm going to refer to a lot because that's the thing that I'm comics is mm-hmm. my favorite form of entertainment. And I know I just said, you know, let's not do let's not force people to see visuals. And then I'm talking I'm a visual artist and I'm talking about visual entertainment. <laughs> uh, I, I understand the irony there. Um, but no, there's a there's an ex, uh, experiment in, in, in cartooning classes in, in doing comics where you hand two different artists the same scene and mm-hmm. you have both of them draw it. And mm-hmm. 
both, like you said, both people will take their, their experiences, their influxes, their, their frequencies, and they'll draw the same scene two entirely different ways. Right. That, that thing I was just saying where Spider-Man is talking to Dr. Octopus and punching him in the face. Right. Everyone that's listening or watching this, imagine that differently. Yeah. I, you know, I would love to ask you, Andy, and I don't know, Red, if you've seen WandaVision at all. No. no. I, I would yeah, love your I, take and your perception as an artist around First WandaVision. of all, tell us what it is, Grace, and then Andy, you can answer. <laughs> so what WandaVision is, is this amazing new series on Disney Plus that was, it's kind of created from some of the Marvel uh characters and at first the first couple episodes i'm like what the heck's going on here because you kind of know the characters but they're setting it basically in all of the tv shows that we watched growing up from brady bunch to all the mary mary tyler Moore, all the old school shows you're never quite sure where you're at um and it's based on their own perception of reality the, the actual characters but as the show is going on you're trying to figure out what that is because each one is different. Each character's perception of what's <clears throat> happening. And, and, and they keep um, unfolding this amazing series. And each episode's getting better and better and clearer. Yet again, it goes mm -hmm. back to perception. So I love Andy from an artist's perspective. Yeah. And a <clears throat> Andy, chime in. Go ahead. Yeah. So uh, all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff, all of, all of the, these Marvel movies and TV show tie-ins, uh, I'm the wrong person to ask about them because I've read all the comics that they're based on. Mm -hmm. So I know what's going to happen. Um, so uh, so it's, it's real hard for me because I, I like... But what's what's cool is like there's always that little twist. Um, so mm -hmm. this last week, where I think it was episode seven of Wandavision, there was a character, there was a there was a thing that happened at the end of the episode, and I was not ready for it, and my jaw dropped, and I left it. I let out a holy f because I was just not prepared <laughs> for that. But but to your point, Grace, um, no, it is interesting because each each episode is based on a different decades style of television. So mm -hmm. the first one is a 1950 show. Um, you know, like the like the uh, uh, oh boy, what were like I love Bewitched. Lucy. They used Bewitch. I love Lucy. Yeah, Bewitched. They yeah, Bewitched. yeah, yeah, yeah. There was the classics. Right. And then so 50s and 60s yeah. and then you get to the 70s show and or the, the, the third episode's like a 70s base. So everything's kind of that pistachio and mustard colored. Um, you get to the 80s show and everyone's got the big hair and the shoulder pads and everything. You get to the 90s show and the theme song is a takeoff of the um, uh, Malcolm in the Middle TV sh uh, show. Right. Um, and the most recent one of the more recent ones was uh, it was a 2000 show. So it had a lot of the cutaways like The Office. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's, it's really interesting to see it's the same series. But each episode is shot like a different decade's main style of TV show. And uh, where would and I find WandaVision? Is it on a, it is, a network it is cable? Plus. Where? It is exclusively on Disney+. Oh. Plus. Okay. I think I, I, don't think I started to try. Is it yeah. really? Okay. Yeah. I'm looking for a new yeah. series. I've been binging and binging and binging. And what really ticks me off is that when I finish 20, 30, 40, 50 episodes and the next season hasn't dropped yet and it's delayed a year by COVID and I've fallen in love with the characters <laughs> and I have to wait. I have a list of about 12 series that I ha I'm waiting for the next season. Andy, I interrupt sure. you, but I got to say that. No, no, that's okay. Uh, so warning, WandaVision is only nine episodes. It's only scheduled to be nine episodes and okay. seven of them are out. So it will be very easy to binge. Um, okay, I, I uh, like that. I like and that. Then, and then I think that's it. Uh, I, now I don't know if there is potential for a second season. Um, yeah, I, do I know, believe they just got renewed. Okay, uh, I, I yeah. do know that that Wanda is supposed to appear in the next Doctor Strange movie as well. So, okay. who knows? Who knows? knows what that means? No, who knows? And Wanda, like Wanda, I didn't realize till yesterday. 
that because I, I was like, why does she look so familiar? Oh, and she's, she's so beautiful. Yes, she is. No, her she's sister. her yeah. sister. Yeah, yeah. So the twins, Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen from Full House, which they yeah, did yeah. bring a little Full House components into it, also. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, who yeah. is Wanda? Which one is Wanda? So she's the she's their younger sister, uh, Elizabeth in real Olsen. Life. Yeah, really? and she's the lead actress. She is Wanda in the Marvel mm-hmm. in the movies, and then now in WandaVision. Didn't know they had yeah. a sister with all their PR ups and downs, right, Grace McCormick? Right. Absolutely, Ooh. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Over the years, I I want to move this a little bit. I want to talk to Grace about the feature film you're working on with Sony. You can name drop if yeah, you want to. Absolutely. I read it in your bio, and I'd love to know a little bit about that. So tell us what you're. Well, it, it kind of started. It started before the. I'll have to preface it. Um, I was trying to produce some movies, you know, a decade ago. And one of the reasons I have so many wonderful relationships in the entertainment industry is when I moved to LA or even prior to that, when I was in Arizona, mm-hmm. um, I had this dream to produce a, a film. Someone handed me a script in Scottsdale and said, you know, a lot of people, maybe you'd want to produce this. Maybe you'd want to get this funded or perhaps. So I started having these dreams of LA and then moved to LA and was pitching film projects and television projects to some of the biggest names in the business from the agencies to like big production houses and just kind of creatively just out of the pure, I really, I want to say from a pure place in my heart, I didn't have the relationships, but I was making mm-hmm. those happen. And then I was like, it, nothing happened. I was doing different things. And um, my late client, Captain Jerry Yellen, who was mm-hmm. the last vet to fly a mission in World War II, a book came out on Jerry in 2017. We worked with Scarlett Johansson because Scarlett's granduncle um, was his fighter pilot partner. He was the, um, his, uh, Phil Schlomberg was the veteran who flew the final mission of World War II and passed. So he, he was the last vet killed in action in World War II. Anyway, the mayor of Fairfield, Iowa, I'm having a chat with him because I lived there for two years and was the director of media and PR for Maharishi Foundation and their university. Mm-hmm. And Ed Malloy, former mayor, said, you know, there's these people in Fairfield that have this script. Maybe you could talk with them. And this has been over the years. People have handed me scripts that it takes a lot. People don't realize how much mm-hmm. it takes to get one project off the ground from a film to a, mm-hmm. a series, whatever it might be, just to a, even a music video. And so I read this. I Ed connected me to these folks. They grew up in this little tiny town. They don't even live there. And they're in their 50s and 60s. I read the script and it was super clever and it's, it's called Christmas with the zombies and Sony's attached and on he's the back liking end. that already. Go, go ahead. Yeah, no, and, and Sony's attached on the back end for post-production only there wasn't funding and there wasn't anybody else involved. So I said, well, you could retain me basically as a publicist, but I'm not really the publicist. I would of course love to produce this with you and then we can work out the details um, but let's move forward. And in one month, I had um, my my legal producing partner for the Jerry Yellen project, Brian Frankish, who executive produced Field of Dreams, The Fugitive. Brian is um, up for a nomination for the Directors Guild Frank Kappa Award right now, which is very prestigious. Um, hoping he gets it. And it goes to, his as he says, he's been the bridesmaid, but never the bride in this part of the industry. And Brian has been mentoring me in this business. I am so grateful to have met Brian Frankish through my late client because they were friends Mm -hmm. through Jerry Ellen. Uh, They met in 1990 on an airplane. And Jerry went up to Brian and said, I hear you're in the movie movie business. I've got a story to tell you. And he told him his story of World War II. So here I am bringing Brian into the zombie project, brought in a director. All of a sudden, last year, it looked like we were going to make this movie in Fairfield, Iowa. 
And it's really the story of a group of teenage kids that save their town from the bad guys. Only the bad guys happen to be zombies that look like Santa Claus. And it's funny and it's clever. So we were about to film, but then um, a couple of things happened. One, I I was in Iowa thinking we're going to make this movie last winter. Um, But the script went into a rewrite. And then that second rewrite, and this is how the business goes, didn't morph into what we needed. So now we just hired my friend, Eddie Brill. Eddie Brill was the opener for David Letterman for 17 Mm -hmm. years. Yep. And Eddie also produced the show. He booked the talent for Letterman's show for 11 of those years. We hired Eddie to do the rewrite. So literally, I just got the script. And Brian Frankish and I are looking at it for the siblings that wrote the original screenplay. And um, hopefully, we'll be shooting that this winter in Iowa. And then um, off of that, uh, one of the siblings who's in the, been in the business a long time in L.A. said, you know, you know a lot of people, maybe you could help get this funded. There was another project of theirs called The Bunch of Fives that um, I was able to bring in. We'll see if it actually happens, but maybe not. 85% of the $20 million um, budget. Um, so both of those features with the same company, Dumb Dog Productions, are both 10, in, 10 to $20 million feature films. The limited series project is taking off. I'm also producing a documentary with my client Braylon Clayton, who's 15 years old. Mm-hmm. And Braylon sent me an Braylon sent me um, an email and said I was helping him with PR on a heart level because I believe in pro bono and giving back. And Braylon's uncle's a dear friend of mine. And Braylon's like Grace. He said I've got this idea to do um, something in the Mojave Desert that's never been done. And I said, why don't we turn it into a documentary? So they, Braylon and his uncle, who's an art director, and mm-hmm. my dear friend, Jean-Paul, were just in the Mojave with our like initial um, shooting on this project. So I've got a few things going on that front. So long story long, <laughs> as I say, I'm excited because I've always wanted to produce some projects, and here we are. And here we are. And I have yeah. a question for both of you. Let me start with Andy. Andy, do you consider yourself a creative? I know you talk to creatives on your show, but you say, oh, you wake up in the morning and say, oh, I'm a creative person. What am I going to do today? Or do you think it's just something that's ingrained in you? And do you think it was nature or nurture that got you started if you consider yourself a creative? That's a lot of questions. Oh, boy. Uh, can, I just, can I can I just say all of the above? Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know that I set out to be creative. It just it, it did just kind of happen. But uh, both of my parents were very supportive. Uh, which I know is that makes me very lucky. Um, uh, you know, they they were both like, yeah, do whatever you want as long as you can make you can support yourself, you can make a living yep. at it. Um, so yeah, I, I you know, hey, the comic book, the I, I've made some comics. I have self published uh, a, a, a couple of comics here and there. Um, but uh, I get to you know, I, I wake up in the morning and I, I log into my Voice America email and everything and and i get to make art i get to make uh show banners for people i get to i hopefully my my goal is to make it so people think your show looks interesting enough to listen to nice that is interesting Mm -hmm. i i won't give the names of what i do but i have 50 of my 52 series in the past (laughs) 10 years are business series Uh and they go under the the 
mantra of game changers or changing right. the game with grace. They're all business shows. And uh, I have no idea why I was saying this. I, I want to tell you that the names of some of the shows, this is serious business stuff, supply chain and digitalization and the future of the future and manufacturing and, and uh, internet of things and partnerships and all those good stuff. A lot of, lot of heavy duty stuff, but I make them into conversations as well. And I found that the name, the title, Andy, Mm-hmm. of the show to me is what grabs people first. Now, yes. all the banners are almost the same, right? All the about 48 of the banners you've created for my shows, they look exactly, they got a coffee cup on them and right. they either say game changers or with game changing the game, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. But the title in bold, and I try to keep the titles to a few words and I'll give you one example. One is one is financial excellence. Now, this is mm-hmm. a show that focuses on the Department of Finance in any company. It's for CFOs and their finance teams and CPAs. It, and I have a feeling, and it's one of my most popular shows. They've just renewed for their 10th year with me, Grace. 10 years. That's they do amazing. 12 live yeah, shows beautiful. a year. Now, here's the deal. I think people still think that the show is about how to balance your checkbook and, <laughs> and where to get cheap gas That's really and funny. what the stock market is doing. Financial excellence. Have you heard that, Grace? Oh, I want finance. You wouldn't know that we were talking about uh, FP&A, financial right. planning and analysis. We were talking to high-level CPAs working in corporations. We're talking about nobody uses XLS anymore. The spreadsheets, they're all doing, it's not just lookbacks. It's predictive analytics looking forward. They're becoming the stewards of the business. This is heavy-duty stuff. But people all over the world, maybe there are a lot of financial planners who want this, but I still believe that the title, Andy, Mm -hmm, and the way mm -hmm. you designed it, financial excellence, people say, I want to know what that is. Mm -hmm. And the show is knocking it out of the park in terms of Congrats. That's huge. And and it's and it's visual and it's the way it's yeah. it's the been banner. designed. Yeah. It's the frequency of how it sounds when people hear yes. it and tell the story to themselves of what it is. I think That's so. Very interesting. And speaking of frequency, Andy, anybody who's listening doesn't know this, but Grace and I have the privilege of seeing you as does everybody say hello to Josh, my engineer. Hello, Josh. Josh. Hi, Josh. Hi, Josh. Woo. Okay. There he's one one Josh, name wonder. Uh, Just Josh. Josh. He doesn't let us do his last name on the air. Andy. Josh used to be uh, my co-host on my old podcast, Atomic Monsoon, actually. Josh has oh, a great sweet. voice. Josh, you want to say hello so people can hear your voice? Probably not. Josh? I don't. Th- I think he's busy. He's in a room with probably <laughs> can't. He said can't. Okay. We understand, Josh. He didn't want to be put on the spot. Uh, what was I going to say? So, Grace, let me go to you in terms of creativity. Do you consider yourself, you, people meet you say, oh, hello, I'm Grace McCormick. I'm a creative person from my name to my smile to my understanding of frequency to the clients I get to the projects. Do you consider yourself a creative? Or is it just the way you live? What do you think? Yeah, I, th- I think it's the way that I live. But So I don't know if I, if someone said, what are you? I'm, I, I'm a creative entrepreneur. And I started a few businesses. Um, I had a music management company. And when I was doing radio also for 10 years, started a music management company, um, sort of pitching film projects. You know, really people have said, well, how did you get into PR? And I'm like, well, every, everything we say and do is that. But I feel like when I came into the planet, my, our, my very first sound bite was, wow. <laughs> and I thought it's PR. Like, here I am <laughs> on the planet. But I really like the way that I started, you know, creatively, I mean, I'm an artist. Do I want to say I'm not an artist like Andy's an artist, but I'm very visual. I'm creative. I love to cook. I like my very first painting was that there's my first an original selfie. Like I was 12 when I did that. And so, and I, and I paint from time to time, but I'm, but I'm more creative in the business development of my clients and super passionate about it. And is PR the end all of what I will do on this planet? 
Probably not because I'm producing film projects. I've done radio, I've done music. All of those things have tied together into this cool cohesiveness that I'm so grateful for. And I've met really wonderful people. I like and that. And a few idea. people that were like less than attentive at times too, but as best knows. I'm going to put up a couple of backgrounds of some of my recent paintings so you can take a look. That's oh, wow. My, that's one of my very bold color. And there's an eye in there, if you can see it, one of my very Beautiful. bold color watercolors. And mm. then this is one of my recent paint pouring. I don't know if you can see mm, that. Mm -hmm. And this is another one I've done. I like a lot of colors. And this is done with, do you know what balloon kisses are, Andy? I do. Yeah. Do you know, Grace? What no, a balloon I do kisses? Not. You take a balloon, you put a little water in it, you tie it off, you wait, you put your wet colors down from you pour into a cup and then you pour it onto the canvas. And then you push the balloon gently into the paint and it exposes the colors behind and it looks like a carnation or a pansy flower. That's done with a balloon, pressing it into the paint. Beautiful. And, do you, and the, the lines here, the lines behind me, are some of them are done with a string. You drag the string along, along. There you go. Here's another one. I call this, I call this um, Valentine's pizza because it was a bunch, <laughs> it was a bunch nice. of hearts with pizza. I like hearts a lot. Here's another example of the kisses. Take a look at that. Mm -hmm. That's, that's pretty. Great, that's very pretty. Big balloon kiss. Yeah. So that's what I've been doing, Andy, with some of my, here's another one. <laughs> with a lot of swirls and a lot of kisses. That's some of the artwork that I've been doing. Here's something a little more serious that I did. I call this feeding, birds feeding. I don't know why, but those are little pieces of gold from candy wrappers that I put that became the beaks of the birds. Oh, okay. Can you see that? Yeah. I'm not sure you can see that. Yeah. So, uh, and this is something I like to do a lot of cityscapes. Mm -hmm. so oh, that's like, really cool. And this is also gold applied, little pieces of gold paper from the inside of candies I had too many of. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's some of the artwork that I do. And I just love that creative part, Andy and, and Grace. I have to go back to my read my lips. Here we are. Yeah, I have to go back to what my read. There we are, read my lips. So I use them as backgrounds when I'm not doing my professional radio. But I love the idea of creativity is something we talk about, Andy, and I know you do that on your show in terms of influences and inspirations, <laughs> and I think we've already talked about some of that. I, I meet people who say, uh, I had a, our, we have an arts collaborative here in my community, and because the clubhouse was closed due to COVID, they decided everybody could do it in their own garage, so I joined this art walk thing, and I put up about 40, 50 of my paintings on the walls of my garage. It's a beautiful mm -hmm. finished garage. And people came in and people said things like, oh, I can't even draw a straight line. And I said, <laughs> I said, well, use a ruler. Yeah. <laughs> Guess what? Nobody can draw a straight line. I and know, if they I can, can draw... they're lying. <laughs> I know. I know. And people looked at me and they said, oh, it's so cute. I love your colors. I didn't sell anything that day, but I love the colors. It's so cute. They wanted more realistic types of things. Sure. They like more realistic art. And mine is very, very abstract. But I will tell you also that uh, about two and a half years ago, I woke up one day and said I wanted to be a drummer. Grace. <laughs> and I have a friend in Florida who used to live on Long Island near me in Great Neck, and she's been drumming for years. And I said, how did you learn? She said, go find a school of rock. I'm dropping a name here. Oh, so beautiful. it's got to be one. So I looked up school of rock. We don't have yellow pages anymore online. There were two near me. I'm in Durham. One was in Cary. Another one was near Durham. So I picked one. I called them up or I emailed them, filled out the form. And I said, I understand you give a free 30 minute lesson. And they said, yeah. So they made a, an appointment. I came in. I said to the teacher who was a, a grown-up. He's in his 60s. He's a former engineer, by the way, working for a big corporation. Now teaches drums full-time. And I said to him, I don't know what to do with the drumstick. I don't know what the pedals are for. And he said, just 30 minutes. And he had me playing a little bit. 
put on some music. I had the ear, earphones on. He had an iPod. And at the end of it, I said, you know what? I didn't just play the drums. This is brain training. This is figuring out what do you hear in the music or what do you, I don't use notes. I don't, I don't read the, I can read music, but I don't. Mm-hmm. So this is what does the right foot do? What is the left? And they call that independence of drumming. The right foot, the left foot, what does the right hand do? The left hand. What are the different sounds you get from the different parts of the drum kit? And he said, go out and buy yourself a little drum pad. So I went to one of the big music stores. We do have big stores here in Durham. And I looked at the cost of a decent little drum pad. You're supposed to do rat-a-tat-tat on to get your speed up. It was a lot of money. So I said to them, what's the inexpensive? So I bought a whole drum kit and I brought it home and I set up my third spare bedroom. I don't have a lot of guests. So I set up a whole music room. And the next thing you know, I'm playing along and I'm videoing myself. And then I I went back to the music school and I said, hey, uh, what am I going to do with this? Play alone in my room? And they said, we have a couple of adult bands. I said, okay, get me in. So with six weeks of training, I went into an adult band on Monday nights. That's awesome. And, and they were playing Aerosmith's Dream On. And I was <laughs> I was told, you're the drummer. And I'm working with three singers and five pieces in the band. And six weeks later, we're at a place called Motorco in downtown Durham, which is a concert hall where everybody stands. They have bleachers on the sides, but the audience comes and stands and you're up on a big stage. And I was playing with a band, playing Dream On with a band. And I... <laughs> shock and amazement. I couldn't believe that with about two months of total training, I was playing with a band. And it was, then I joined a rock and roll band here in my community. And then I started my own band. So I don't know if that makes me creative or just makes me bored. No, <laughs> like, of course it's creative. What am I yeah. going to do next? Oh, I think yeah. I'll play. What am I, oh, I think I'll start painting. I'll do a hundred pieces. Anyway, life is good. And, and the yeah. fun, Andy, what I get to do and Grace, what I get to do is talk to really interesting people like the two of you. And you make my day. You make my day more fun. You give me ideas. You inspire me. You are my influences, the two of you. You are now added to the list of influences. And I appreciate both of you. And Andy, Grace, let's have a little applause for Andy. On two hours notice, he agreed to come on the show. Come on, Andy. Thank you. You know the word mensch? You're a mensch. And by the way, (laughs) Andy is a nice nice poison. And Andy is such a mensch. Andy, tell them what you do with your long hair. That's what I was starting to say five minutes ago and forgot my thread. What do you do? Oh, yeah, yeah. So for anyone anyone who can't see, I have hair uh, that goes halfway down my torso right now. Um, I... I spend a couple years growing it out and then I cut a foot, foot and a half off, whatever, and donate it for uh, kids who are going through chemotherapy so that they can have uh, wigs made with natural hair. You're a good person. And we've got two minutes left. Josh just told me. So I'm going to say thank you to both of you, but I have some closing remarks. I actually found my notes, Grace, from my radio shows in 2014. Because silly me, I went and bought the upgrade for Quark Express, which I don't really need anymore. I used to do all my design (laughs) and my newsletters for clients. Man, I know. And Quark in forever. I know. And by the way, I'm not doing anything with it, but I realize now I can open up my old documents. So I found my radio notes (laughs) from 2014. Yeah, that was worth 300 bucks to up to look at through these documents. And I found a couple of words to live by. So I'm going to read them and get your quick responses to these. So here's one I love. Life is short. Break the rules. Forgive quickly. Grace, this should resonate with you. Kiss slowly. Is there any other kind? Love truly. Laugh uncontrollably. We know how to do that. And never regret anything that made you smile. Grace, does that resonate with you? Oh, 100%. All day long. Andy, what about you? Yeah, that all sounds very nice. 
Okay. You want, <laughs> is that too girly for you? <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say I don't. I don't want to put labels on things necessarily, but that's a it's, a. it's a little too flowery for me. Okay. I have. I have a couple <laughs> ones. I found ten tips for women in 2014. I used to use. I'll read a couple. One is take life with a pinch of salt. Add a wedge of lime and tequila. Grace, that's for you. I like that. <laughs> a pinch of salt. Here's one. Aspire to be Barbie. The biatch has everything. I'm sorry. <laughs> And when life when life gets you down, put on your big girl or big boy panties and deal with it, right? Yep. Deal with and it, when yeah. life gives you lemons, make lemonade and add vodka. <clears throat> there you go. And here are my. How about I wish you were a beer? <laughs> <laughs> and now here are my real closing words because we got to go. Work like you don't need the money. Dance like no one's watching. But I used to dance professionally, and you could watch. Sing like nobody's listening. I try not to sing. I try just to play drums. And love like you've never been hurt. Because money talks, chocolate sings, last but not least, and here's a line I borrowed, Andy, from another radio host I heard years ago. Mm-hmm. Thank you for turning me on. Everybody wave <laughs> goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs> this is for Andy's parents. This is for Andy's mom. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she will probably. Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. Join host, a.k.a. Radio Red, again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool, creative week.